we need to do it in such a way that's actually going to be sustainable. So that could look different to every entrepreneur. But for us, it's been a case of creating a business where we have multiple streams of revenue, and that's been really important. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast. I'm Frida Carbo, founder of Sensitive Success Circle, the mastermind for sensitive coaches and change makers who want to create success in their way with the help of their sensitivity. I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand with my husband and two kids, working online, creating the life and business that I love with a mission to help others do the same. One of the things I learned is that we have so much wisdom inside when we learn to trust and take aligned action. And even though we're responsible for our journey, we don't have to do it alone. I do this work because I'm committed to helping highly sensitive, introverted, intuitive coaches and changemakers to do the work they are called to do in a way that works for them. I know it's possible and creates so many ripples. My intention with these episodes is for you to be inspired, empowered, and to know that you're not alone in your business adventure. If you haven't already, come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. Thank you for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Welcome. In this episode, our guest is Laura Greenland. She is a creative business coach and marketing consultant based in the United Kingdom. Her business was born from necessity in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic following unexpected redundancy. Three years later, she now has a thriving brand that has soulfully scaled to six figures. She has a beautiful team of four, clients from all over the world, and the pleasure of supporting passionate creatives and artisan brands every single day. Laura left the corporate world in 2020 and spent a year and a half traveling with her husband and the German Shepherd Beer. She built this brand from the back of their camper van as a digital nomad before settling into a beautiful apartment by the coast in November 2021. Welcome, Laura. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait for this conversation. It's been a, a long time coming, but I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah. So start by telling us a bit more about your journey. How did you become a creative business coach and marketing consultant? Sure. Um, As you said in your intro, it's been a a crazy few years for me. And I think if I rolled the clocks back, you know, maybe four or five years ago, I certainly didn't think I'd be where I am. I was pretty happy, or so I thought, in my corporate career. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit in 2020 that I was actually made redundant quite unexpectedly from my senior role in the travel industry. Um, So when I lost my job, I was already freelancing. I had done a little bit of freelance marketing consultancy, but nothing on the scale that we do now, Uh, certainly not as a proper business or brand. It was just, you know, me doing a little bit of work on the side, but I kind of took that momentum and I realized that given the circumstances globally with, you know, marketing teams being cut and budgets being paused because everything that was happening in the pandemic was just so overwhelming. I didn't really think I could go and find another job. So I thought, you know, let's, I'm going to try and make my own way. And it was very, very scary. It was such a a turbulent time to kind of take that leap very unexpectedly, as I say, but yeah, the rest is kind of history. It's just, it's been the most incredible few years. I took that jump out of the corporate world, you know, far sooner than I ever thought I would. But I can say sort of hand on heart, it's it's the best thing that could have happened to us. It was a, a real blessing in disguise, really. Amazing. 
relatively new in business, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you and especially as a highly sensitive person? Yeah, I think coming out of my corporate career, I didn't realize actually how much damage the corporate environment had done to my self-esteem and my self-confidence. I had a very, very toxic line manager actually on more than one occasion in my corporate career. And I think when I launched my business, I didn't realize how much responsibility would sit with me, which I know sounds silly, but I suppose when you've been in the corporate world and you've always had someone else to report to, it was a very empowering yet unsettling feeling. Like when I suddenly had this, this realization that there was no one else, like the buck stopped with me. And that meant I had to make all of the decisions, all of the strategic stuff, the commercials, you know, it's, it was a real shift, I suppose, in, in the level of responsibility that I was carrying I think the other thing for me as well was the the change from coming away from being, you know, a marketing manager, leading a team of people. But I always sat behind the scenes. I was, you know, very much a part of, of that brand, but never sort of customer facing in that respect. So stepping into a role of, you know, a coach and a consultant and kind of being there as the face of the brand that was also a big sort of steep, very quick learning curve that I had to go through. So yeah, it's some kind of, I suppose, culture um, and sort of structural things, but as I say, more so as well, just kind of stepping in, I suppose, into a much bolder uh, sort of version of myself that I, I didn't even know existed, if I'm honest with you. Love it. Yeah. I've definitely felt that as well. We're so we're grown up used to people serving us things and information and what to do and decide for us. And then we start our own business and have our own business. And yeah, as you say, it ends and starts with us. So we are responsible for it. And I don't think that you really appreciate or have the insight of that before you're actually there. No, definitely. I completely agree with what you just said. And just to further add to what I mentioned before, I think, as I say, with my self-confidence had definitely taken a huge knock in corporate. Like despite when I left, I, you know, I was at the most senior role that I'd ever been in and earning the most money and managing the biggest team and, and all of those things were seemingly great. But, you know, deep down I felt fundamentally misaligned with what I was doing. I, I didn't realize that until I sort of stepped out of it really suddenly. And I, I didn't realize for so long that I was being an inauthentic version of myself. I was having to kind of play the game in corporate, trying to climb the ladder, trying to fit in, you know, as I say, in terms of that company culture and being a very, very sensitive person. Um, I was actually told in my corporate job that I needed to, I needed to man up, that I needed to get broader shoulders and that I, sh I was too emotional. I was told that explicitly in one of my one-to-ones. And so when you spend, you know, the best part of a decade for me being told that the way you're wired is incorrect and doesn't fit and doesn't work. I think just coming out of that and then being kind of thrust into this completely new working environment. I mean, it was like a shock to the system that I just, I had no idea what was coming for me, but yeah, a really interesting thing to navigate for sure. Yeah. And I think that many listeners can really resonate with what you're saying. How did you start to reprogram some of those things that you've heard and really step into your authentic self? 
It was definitely baby steps at first. I mean, I think in the the early stages, it was very much like a rabbit in the headlights. Like I didn't know what to do, where to turn. Um, I had a business coach myself from fairly early on in my business, actually. And I had some support from her to kind of outline the vision for the business to understand what it was that I wanted to create. So I definitely think having, you know, accountability, having someone to bounce ideas off of it was, it was a very different relationship to having, as I say, like a a manager or someone you reported into, but I suppose in a, in a similar way, you still had, you know, someone to kind of lean into if you needed them. So I suppose I sort of replaced that support, but in a, in a more constructive way with someone that was actually on my side and was trying to help me progress things forward. Um, Culturally, I suppose in my business as well, another big thing that's really shifted over the last three years was when I first launched and when I first decided to go out on my own, I remember telling my business coach in no uncertain terms that I wasn't going to scale a team, that I had no interest at all in building, you know, an agency armed my business, didn't want to, to have a team of people. I just was so scared that I was going to then end up creating a culture that people wouldn't want to work for and that, you know, by some chain of events, I'd end up creating another kind of corporate machine that I just didn't want to do. And that in itself was, you know, it was misguided. It was, it's not correct at all. You can create any company culture that you want. So as time moved on, I think I realized and kind of opened my mind up to actually what would team expansion look like and how could I create a culture that People didn't just, you know, enjoy working for, but they actually like they seek us out to work with us because they know that we have such an amazing, you know, work life balance. People are absolutely valued. And so, yeah, it's been it's been such a shift in in that respect. But that, you know, as I say, we're three, three and a half years in now, it's taken me a long time to completely flip that script. So I think just in that in those first few months, it was just taking tiny little baby steps in terms of building up my confidence. I think you can, you know, you can jump in head first by all means. But for me, I think it was, it's been a slow burn, but it's led to like a really sustainable level of growth, which has worked really well. Mm, wonderful. And I think that's the way to go for highly sensitive in business as well. What would you say to that? Do you think it's different for us highly sensitives? And how do you think it's different to start a business? Yeah, I would say so. I think there's been, thankfully, I think there's been a shift in a lot of the the narrative that was sort of doing the rounds in the business space. I think when I first started, the 10K month obsession was very much sort of front and center. Every coach was saying, you know, it's you can earn X, Y, and Z and you can do it super quickly. Really remember the first, it was my first year of business, I think. And I had a discovery call with someone and she said, when I got on the phone with her and I said, hey, like, talk to me about your business, talk to me about your goals. And she was just obsessed, absolutely obsessed with making all of this money. And she was convinced that she could do it within a matter of weeks and just just had this completely unrealistic expectation. And I think that has changed. I think there are still people out there that kind of, I suppose, give a slightly skewed impression of what's typical in business. But I think especially for those that are more emotionally centered, that are more sensitive just in their own nature. I mean, I think you need to just take your business journey at whatever pace suits you. For me, it's been, say, sort of slow and steady. By no means are we sat here, we had an amazing year last year, it was incredible, but it's taken time to really outline, you know, what it is we want to do, 
what our brand voice is. We've revisited that on more than one occasion. The scaling of the team, again, has taken place over about 18 months. It's not, you know, I didn't just go out and hire a big army of people. It's been, you know, handpicked individuals that have come into the brand. So, yeah, for me, slow and steady wins the race, I think, for the vast majority of slightly more sensitive folk, myself included, 100%. Mm, Yeah, same here. So you've been redefining a lot of things, and I call this podcast Sensitive Success. So what does success mean to you? Oh, I love that question. Success for me means a few things. The first thing that sprang to mind when you asked the question is never having to apologize for being yourself. I spent so much time in the corporate world apologizing for parts of my personality and explaining why I did things and why I've took certain decisions and, you know, just even at a creative level as well, just, you know, constantly having things kind of picked apart. And now I guess I'm just able to be my true self and I have a lovely team that I could be collaborative with and be creative with, but so much of that idea generation and that growth comes from me. And it, it's, I suppose it's just amazing to have that complete autonomy. Freedom for me has been another huge thing. Gosh, to say our routine and our whole lifestyle changed would be an understatement. We went from working two very conventional jobs, you know, stuck in nine to five grind. Um, we bought our camper van that year of the pandemic in 2020. And so we went from such a normal life in a rental place. We had debt and, you know, all of the things that so many of us carry around sort of in our 20s and 30s. And we just flipped our life on its head entirely. And we had suddenly no routine and we didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time or day. We could just travel and explore and work on the business. And so I think for me, that freedom would 100% again come into that in terms of that sort of success definition. Essentially, it's how I would define it is the polar opposite of what my life looked like before. <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a, it's such a different way of living and, and being and creating a living for myself. It, it's been incredible, truly. I oh, love it. And how do you use sensitivity as your superpower? Oh, this is great. I think it's absolutely a superpower. And I think anyone who's ever told anybody otherwise is you know they should they should really question the advice they're handing out because as i say i was told on so many occasions that emotional sort of tendencies and being too sensitive was the thing that was actually going to stop me from progressing and it was the thing that would hold me back and it was the reason why my colleagues were you know progressing at a faster rate so i think if anyone is you know, very sensitive, a very emotional soul, you lean into that with every ounce of your being. And it's such an amazing tool for me in my business because I work very closely with my clients. We have a number of different containers, but with one-to-one coaching, especially in our retreat experiences, we have people with us, you know, in a very intimate setting. And for me, being able to understand them on a deep emotional level and understanding you know, how they're wired as a person, what kind of structure they would thrive in. What is it for them as well? Like you asked the question about what success means. That's such a great question because not everyone wants to earn, you know, 10K a month and not everybody wants to have X, Y, and Z. We're all so individual. So I really try and lean into that to give every single client that one-to-one 
tailored experience where it's like, tell me who you are, like deep down at your core as a person. And then actually let's build a business around that. And that to me is what results in people building amazing brands that they feel so passionate about. I think when we don't have a business that complements our personality, our aspirations, that's when we end up with conflict and we end up with friction and it becomes like wading through mud because you just in this like constant battle between you as a person and what you've created as a brand. So I think sensitivity, in my view, I think it's the best, the best superpower that you can have because it means you can connect with people and it means you can really connect with your business and they're both incredibly powerful. I love that. Love it. And I can feel, as you say, I can feel the passion going through what you're saying and, and it's it's so attractive, <laughs> if that's the right word. It's like, yes, yes, yes. What a wonderful expression of how our sensitivity and our emotions actually is our superpower and it is such an asset in our business as well when we dare to lean into it. If there is someone listening to this and they are looking to start their business, what would be your greatest tips to them? Yeah, I would say with starting a business from scratch, because you've literally got an open book in front of you. You can go in whatever direction you want to go in. And it can be very overwhelming as an early stage entrepreneur because there's so much out there. There's so much messaging. There's so much content. There's you know coaches and consultants and strategists. And you, you could work with thousands of different people potentially on your startup brand. So it's like, where do you, where do you even start? Where do you turn? But I think sometimes we end up looking outwards we end up going right what's everyone else doing what should I be doing how can I do what they're doing but do it in a kind of way that feels all right for me we end up kind of just getting overwhelmed with all of this external stuff I think start by looking inwards like start by looking at you as I say as an individual and your aspirations and where you want to go to because so much of that will influence what I'd recommend you subsequently build because if you want to have you know, time freedom and you want to have, you know, complete flexibility, you can work from anywhere or, you know, that might be a different business model to someone who is, I don't know, aspiring to start a family or they want to go traveling or for them, you know, they they do or don't want to be kind of glued to Zoom all the time. It just, it completely depends on where you want to end up as to what you should build from kind of day dot. And I think also when you come into business ownership for the first time, get comfortable with the concept and make peace with the fact that it's going to evolve. So whatever you create now, and you can have that big future vision in mind and you can kind of start laying those foundations, but it will change and it will evolve. And so will you, you will, you know, your experience, your confidence, all of those things. It's, it's like an iterative process. It's like a website. It's like, it's never really finished. It's just something that's going to grow and morph and change over time. So you can kind of make peace with that. Understand that whatever you create today, you'll look back in three years and probably laugh and think, bless me, I've come on a long way since then. Again, I think that can help a little bit of confidence if you're sort of feeling a bit apprehensive and worrying that things aren't perfect, just do it, go for it, jump in. But yeah, that centered brand around yourself. I think that's where so many people go wrong. Like that's probably one of the biggest sort of stumbling blocks that I see early stage entrepreneurs going down. 
Love it. Yeah. So important to really see it as a journey and as we are evolving with our business. Love that. You also talk about soulfully scaling. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So for me, that phrase, I suppose, came to me. I mean, I soulful business to me is sort of what I'm all about. And that the definition is, you know, it's doing business in a way that makes you and everyone around you feel amazing. I'm not, we're not here for the hustle culture. We're just here to help people basically create amazing businesses and amazing lives that do amazing things, right? So mm-hmm. soulful scaling to me is is kind of, you know, I'm not saying don't grow. I'm not saying don't grow your business. By all means, let's do that. But we need to do it in such a way that's actually going to be sustainable, So that could look different to every entrepreneur, but for us, it's been a case of creating a business where we have multiple streams of revenue and that's been really important. So we have our agency arm, as I mentioned earlier, we've got marketing retainer clients, we do website branding, et cetera. It's sort of like a full service agency model with clients on retainer, as I say, and some just doing sort of one-off projects. We have a beautiful membership space, we run in-person retreats and we have one-to-one coaching. So there's probably six or seven different kind of streams of income coming into the business at any one time, which means that we're not solely reliant on one area, which for me has really helped to reduce the kind of the emotional burden of the business. I think that's a big thing when you're certainly when you're scaling, you know, early stage and you're worrying about, you know, where is my next client coming from or how am I going to meet all of my expenses next month? You know, can I leave my job yet? All of these kind of things that that go through our minds. So I think if you can set up a business model that I suppose helps to kind of eliminate some of that ongoing financial pressure, that for us has been like a game changer. It's been such a great way of building the business certainly when we can get sort of recurring revenue streams as well, because it means I can do forward planning. It means I can make informed decisions because I can see that we've got revenue lined up, you know, multiple months, if not years into the future. So then I can say, yes, we can bring on another person because I know that I can afford them. And it also kind of opens up that white space for thinking and dreaming And also living and being, because I think often as well, when we're kind of stuck on that like hamster wheel of my goodness, I need to make some money. We forget that's, I think when burnout, when, you know, that overworking creeps in because we suddenly think, oh, I can't, you know, I can't take time off because I've not hit X, Y, and Z goal. So you can kind of morph your business model into something that is, as I say, sort of sustainable and just allows you a bit more room to breathe. That's kind of my definition. And it it looks different for everybody, but that was such a better fit for me versus maybe just having like one signature program, for example, that if you don't sell that, you don't bring in revenue. That feels very stressful for me. So I've, I've sort of created something that feels more aligned, but soulful, you know, scaling, it it will look different for every single person, but that's kind of how it's played out in practice um, at Flow and Grow. Love it. Yeah. It's such a journey in getting to know ourselves and getting to know what really works for us and what is aligned to us. Love that. Totally with you on that. So if someone wants to know more about you and hear more of your wonderful accent, (laughs) where can they find you? 
Oh, thank you. So come over to the website, come over to our website to have a little look at everything that we do. Um, it's ebbflowandgrow.com. Instagram is my sort of primary social media channel. So in terms of socials, that's where we're hanging out. We also have a podcast that launched at the beginning of this year. And I talk a lot about you know, soulful business and marketing tips for for small brands, especially that's kind of our niche where we sit. We look after really beautiful sort of artisan brands and and very sort of soulful service based businesses as well. We we do a fusion of the two, so yeah, they're kind of our our stomping ground. And I'm always open to chatting and connecting with anyone. I think especially if you're coming like out of corporate. Or if you're still stuck in corporate and you're sort of wanting to take that leap, my DMs on Instagram are open to anybody who wants advice on sort of how to navigate that. Because as I say, if I look back over the journey that's happened to me over the last few years, I don't think I would have thought it was possible to get here. And if I'd had someone going, it is, you can do this. And actually what you're being told in corporate isn't right. I think maybe I could have even leapt, you know, a little bit sooner. So if anyone needs any support, I'm 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 an open book. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We'll put some links in the show notes as well. So is there anything else you would like to add before we finish up? No, it's been such a lovely chat today. And let's say if anyone is listening and if ever someone's told you that sensitivity is something if it's anything other than wonderful, then just know that they're wrong. Just know that you've been blessed with a skill and a personality trait and you're fundamentally wired in such a wonderful way. Lean into it every single opportunity that you get because it's one of the best things about you, truly. Beautiful. I totally agree. Thank you so, so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us and for the work that you do in the world. So important. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a complete pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is put together for you to see what is possible and how to use your sensitivity to create success in your way. If you know anyone who would find this conversation useful, please share. And if you share this on social media, tag me in and I would love to reshare it. Come over and connect with me on Insta at Frida Carbo and tell me your biggest takeaway from this episode. Thank you for listening and remember to keep shining so that those who need your help can find you.